0: literally, uh, I guess, uh, figuratively, if you prefer, uh, one way or the other, we are available to you 24-7 by going to our homepage of our website. That's at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. There you will uh, be uh, acquainted First with an image, and that is the picture of the microphone on which I am speaking. And immediately below that, there'll be uh, two links. The first is to our podcast feed. That's a a listing of all our recent podcasts. And the first podcast on that list is the show uh, that you're listening to right now. Uh, Well, I guess yeah that that's that's i'm I'm trying to think rather uh uh esoterically or uh metaphysically about what you could be listening to or might not be listening to at this very moment and where it might appear and when in time and I don't know basically the show that you're listening to uh is the one that's the first on the podcast list, and that same show is running as a Radio Loop. Well, that's the second link on our homepage. It says, link to today's show. Radio Loop is what it's called. And it is, as its name should suggest, a version of the same show, the first show that shows up on the podcast list, but that same show is running in a loop uh, on the Radio Loop link, and is uh, you will pick it up at whatever point it happens to be on the loop in which it is running when you hit that uh, when you hit that like much as you would turn on your radio uh, to dial in any talk show or any other show at random uh, scanning the dial and pick it up wherever it happens to be. I, w- I was thinking of a, of a of an analogy, a personal analogy to this, and I and I find quite often. Uh, what I will do, uh, my, my radio loop equivalence situation is listening sometimes to uh, national public radio. Uh, that here, here in, in our area, that is WNYC carries it. And what I'll do is I will, uh, if I take a walk in the morning, I'll, I'll do, uh, I'll, after this show, I'll probably go out for a walk. I'll take my, I'll go to the Rockefeller Preserve, uh, do a few miles there, come back and chances are I'll, I'll, I'll get a bagel and coffee. I know my wife tells me I shouldn't get bagels. Sometimes I get a gluten-free one uh, to make both of us happy about that. But in any event, uh, once I've bought it, I'm in a, in a place where I can sort of sit in the car facing a part of the aqueduct trail. Can't explain how this works. But I could sit there just looking at the trees, have my coffee, uh, ch- nibble on my bagel, and I tend to flick on... National Public Radio at that moment. at what, And whatever happens, a Brian Lair will usually be on at that point, And I'll flick in on the show, or maybe if it's later, I'll hear the BBC uh, News Network. But of course, I'll pick it up at whatever point the show happens to be. Well, that's precisely the same way in which you would be utilizing our radio loop with Center Left Radio. You would pick up the show, pick pick up my dulcet tones at whatever point I happen to be uh, emitting them, uh, laying them down in an electronic format, creating a file for your ears uh, to feast upon, as it were. That's, uh, that's how it works. And uh, it, it seems to work for a number of people who enjoy listening to us as a radio loop, so we continue to do it. And we continue to uh, present to you stories of hope, politics, and jazz. I, I think I have just such a story this morning. A uh, a new Marist poll came out this morning, and uh, I, I I regret to say that uh, there was something very consistent about it and prior polls that have come out over the last several weeks, even months at this point. And, and that is that Joe Biden's ratings are substantially below those of just about any other first-term president uh, that we've had uh, in, in this country in an awful, awful long time. He, he is sitting in the low 30s. And I believe uh, in, in this particular, uh, Mar- is it Marist New York Times or Marist Ipsos? I forget which of the two organizations are joined together there uh, for purposes of this polling. But, but uh, as, as it winds up, I think he's at 32%, which is, which is an abysmal poll. And I can remember when, when, when Donald was president, uh, there was a uh, regularly, I mean almost perpetually, he was at 40, 41, maybe he would top out at 42%, something like that. And, uh, and, and his run, his potential, uh, his potential challengers uh, would uh, usually be about the same or lower. The first one to really consistently poll better than him when we were looking forward to the 2020 election. That was Joe Biden. And it winds up, and I, I'm just blown away by this, that Joe Biden, with a 32% approval rating, still is polling four points better, 40, I think it's 45 to 41. He's polling 4 points better than Donald Trump. Now, you 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 can't make the argument that well, you know, Trump uh, really has been out of the picture. He's not really there, you know. It's hard to say. No, Trump is front and center and part of and the tot- the all-consuming issue and personality of the Republican Party. So, what Trump is seen as right now is a valid reflection of, of, of what his true popularity would be. It's not as though people are going to get something more or less. It's not as though if he gets on the if he gets on the campaign trail, you're suddenly going to get this, this wealth of new and additional information and great insight. And there's going to be this incentive to suddenly be be uh, forced into a trumpian camp mindset as opposed to a biden mindset no donald trump is out there perpetually and constantly guns blazing all all barrels going off every single rocket he's got is there there's nothing there's nothing out there there's nothing new you know in the universe that one can reasonably anticipate would come from Donald Trump. So when you see a four-point gap between him and Joe Biden, and Biden is flat-out polling on his own, Biden versus Biden is coming in at 32%. In the Marist Ipsos poll, and that's a that's a pretty and, and New York. Well, no, no, I think it's Marist New York Times. I mean, and, and there's nothing. People aren't pulling any punches here. This is this is the real stuff. What it tells you is well, 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 well I, I, you know, I, I don't know how how deeply they drill down uh, on these polls, and I and I haven't seen the finer areas of them. But just you, you gotta take a universe draw some universal conclusions. If a guy who only one-third of the American people say is doing a good job, if two-thirds of the American people are dissatisfied with Joe Biden, and yet more people than than not. More people would want him than would want Donald Trump at this point. What does that say about the view of Republicans, Donald Trump being the image of all of them? What does that say Americans are feeling about the Republican Party? Yes, I'm, I'm extrapolating from a purely presidential poll, but 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 think about this: Trump is the face and the manifestation of the Republican Party. I mean, does, does anyone does anyone want to challenge that? Everybody, anyone who's thinking about running, your your uh, your, your Ron DeSantis and everybody else, everybody is 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 you know. T- tiptoeing around whether or not they might run, what the possibilities are. Uh, Everybody finds ways to sort of support Donald and, and support his positions and never totally outright contradict the fact that he happens to be a lying, narcissistic madman who basically should be imprisoned, at a minimum should be kicked out of the party, should never be allowed to run again, who it would be so much easier on everybody if he just got the hell out of the way and give us a chance to do whatever it is we've got to do. Let us work out this insane position we've put ourselves in out of fear and ignorance and, uh, and uh, who, who wrote the book? Uh, there's a recent book that just came out. Thank you for your servitude. Uh, <laughs> um, oh dear, was it uh, was it an, was it a uh, was it someone from the New York Times? But there's a book that's on the market. Again, books sell so well by by the name. Thank you for your servitude is the book, and it describes the the in- incredible uh, the groveling and, and, and obeisance uh, that has been done to this man by so many major names within the Republican Party. For what reason, God only knows how and why they've all sort of just kowtowed to this guy, what was within the party, where it was going, what made it vulnerable To a madman like this, by the way, and I say madman, I don't say that as a legal defense. Donald, if you wish, I suppose you can go for a psychiatric defense once you are indicted, but that's not what I'm referring to here the Republicans basically will go as Donald Trump goes. If Biden is at 32% and yet he's 4% polling better than Donald Trump and Donald Trump is representative of the Republican party, what the hell does all that tell you? Well, what it tells me is the Republicans are in trouble that the Republican brand is really, really weak. Yes, we've been hearing, you know, well, Coyle, come the midterm elections, you have to assume that very likely the House will go back and, boy, the Senate may too, and, oh, my God, it's... Either... All bets are off. All bets are off. The American people and again, this is, this is so easy to throw that term out there, seem to be recognizing the nuttiness of what the, what, whatever demands we may have of Joe Biden. And I'm not a huge fan. I wish he was doing so much more. I feel that he's taking a, a moderates approach. He's, he's, he's still pretending that it's a, it, it's a good time to be a Democratic moderate. I find that a virtually untenable position. But compared to what the, the Republicans are putting out there, the, the madness, the the insanity of what the Supreme Court has done with Roe and gun legislation recently passed, the, 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 the nuttiness of what of what Republican uh, governors are attempting to do and and state legislatures are attempting to do with completely taking away all rational control of voting from court challenge making every state totally politicized in how it can declare how voting went in that state just daring us all to watch this happen waiting for the moment when some state overturns other otherwise valid election simply because they can, and the Supreme Court goes along with this, watching them saying that we can't control guns, but we sure as hell can control a woman's body. I mean, that's freedom. We're all about freedom, and it's freedom to have a gun, oh, and free to destroy a 10-year-old kid's life who happened to get raped by some crazy uncle and forcing them to have a child. That's freedom, too. That's what the Republicans seem to think, it's all about this kind of madness is catching up with them, and I and I and I have to, I, I have to again. Here, here we are. It's it, today is July the twelfth. Okay, we we are a number of. Uh, we're still, you know, several months out. I and mean, we'll pretty soon be ca- counting weeks. But we are in, I, I, I think it's safe to say we are in, the, uh, the midterm election cycle by now. And what would, again, otherwise be the automatic, a, a, an automatic play, a, a natural call. The, the party that won the presidency, the House, and the Senate two years earlier is going to lose one house or the other at least in the midterm election. It's a given in American politics. I don't think that's a given at this point. I don't think anyone can make that assumption. I think that what's going on right now is that, is that the American people generally, or at least enough of them, seem to be looking at what the, Rep- the Republican Party represents and saying that as, as, as underperforming as, as Joe Biden might be, he's underperf- We If you're a Democrat, you expect a hell of a lot more of him. And he seems kind of old and doddering, and he, and, he, and he doesn't have the vitality. And when he gets before a microphone, it's, it, it's, it's like he's pushing to get it all out. And, and, and you just sense this, this lack of, of, of verve in the guy. You know that his heart is in the right place. You know that his head is in the right place, for God's sake. He's not some lunatic but you, we, we so desperately want to feel that there's this big, strong counterbalance pushing against the whole Republican juggernaut and the whole Trump insanity machine that basically has no choice but to support his lie and keep him in a position to make us all wonder. And well, anyway, you know, will he run? By the way. And and this is a, this is another uh, uh, you know uh, this is part of all this. Kamala Harris, who, who frankly, uh, I, I dare anyone to to give me any list of her major accomplishments as vice president. I, I, I like her. When I when she speaks, when she gets before an audience, when she's putting her opinions out there, I, I find her uh, appealing and thoughtful and bright and all those things that I would expect of a democratic, uh, you know, an elected democratic official in a in the second highest office of the land. She fits. She fits the role. She's out there. She's got all the, the stuff, but nothing much has happened you can't really call her dynamic in within the role you can't she's i mean well i guess you can't compare anyone let's say to uh you know to uh to a dick Cheney or something who was for all intents and purposes the president of the United States for about one and a half uh, presidential term i'd say for six years he was he was the acting president of the United States uh, over george Bush who really kind of finally got the idea of what the presidency was all about, maybe in the last two years of his second term, Kamala's not there. I don't think she is right now. I think she's, she may have it all, but she's not showing it. Well, the one name that comes up again and again when you speak to Republicans about who would be the real... If, if it weren't Trump... And they sort of whisper, it's whispered among themselves. If it weren't Trump in 2024, who would it be? And well, it's Ron DeSantis. You hear this over and over and over again. Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis. Everybody seems to feel that he's just crazy enough, but not crazy enough to sort of be kind of Trumpian, but not too Trumpian and make us feel kind of like what we feel like when we listen to Donald, you know, like we're part of a big gang of kids and, and we're feeling good and we don't really have to think about politics. We can sort of watch him do angry things and we go, yeah, and we go, yeah, he's with us and he's not with them. He's He, he, he kind of knows how to manipulate those feelings and he's a hell of a lot smarter than Donald will ever be, which worries me a lot. But But he's the guy that so many say is the next one in line. He's the one that will pick up the pieces in 2024. He's polling behind Kamala Harris in a one-to-one matchup in 2024. Think about that. That, that to me is, that, that, is so, the two two facts that Trump is polling behind Biden and DeSantis is polling behind Harris. And it's as though Biden and Harris have their hands tied behind their backs and you could throw any punch you want at them and say anything you like. But it's, and, and, and again, just when they're dealt with on their own, I, I don't have any statistics, I don't have any polling in front of me of Kamala Harris per Kamala Harris. How do people, how do, how do Democrats, Republicans, everybody, independents, how do they see her? So what are her numbers qua herself? I don't have that for you. I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure it's probably out there and available and very recent. And but but with the with, with two-thirds of the American people saying, or more than that, saying the country's going in the wrong direction, uh, uh, popularity numbers for Joe Biden being underwater by, by by massive numbers, by 25, 30 points or more. And yet when you put him up, when you put him up against Trump and you put her up against DeSantis, with all that. With everything, with, with everything that the Republicans could possibly hope for, in the, Republicans in the best possible position, just able to hurl bombs at these people without having to take responsibility for anything else, without being put under a microscope or under any great scrutiny, or not being on the campaign trail, or not basically having to reveal more than, I'm only against everything that they're for. And the the fact that they're not doing anything and have nothing there is no agenda. it's just who we're for who's whose cabal are we a part of which which cult am I a member of with with just that alone being in my mind the best position the Republicans can hope for right now because there ain't nothing else there. In the best of all worlds, Republicans at this moment, before they're really put under a microscope for everything that Democrats feel that Biden is not doing, that Harris is not doing, yet the whole country, the country as a whole, recognizes that the Republicans are out of their bloody, damned minds, that everything they stand for, that everything they're doing, is so far over the line, that even with the lousy ratings that they're giving Biden and, and Harris the Republicans would be less savory a choice. We can't go there. Now, this is while and this is as the hearings, the January 6th committee hearings continue on. There's going to be another one today i think it's uh they always tell you what time it's going to be, and then they start an hour later, so somewhere around one p m eastern today, the January sixth committee is going to hold what I think is their is it their seventh is it their seventh uh, yeah i think it's, it's their it's their seventh the seventh hearing now it's been brilliant and 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 we're at a point where when you poll this information that consistently now a majority of the American people feel that Donald Trump should be indicted. I mean, think about that. A majority of the American people feel Donald Trump should be indicted. Uh, Bannon, Steve Bannon, who has been indicted by the Justice Department, for failure to respond to a subpoena of Congress. His trial begins, I I believe his trial begins this Friday or something on that, he has suddenly found religion, spontaneous conversion, translation, he's run out of options, his big damn mouth, his his capacity to dance and and be a crazy man and and, and get away with everything. He already has one Trump pardon for uh, raising money, for falsely raising money, for building uh, uh, the wall, and a lot of that money went God knows where, and Trump basically gave him a presidential pardon for that, but couldn't give him a presidential pardon for future crimes. Well, he committed the stupid, the really stupid crime of going ahead and denying uh, and ignoring a presidential, uh, uh, a a committee summons. Uh, Granted, that's the same thing that Mark Meadows has done, and he has yet to be indicted. Pat Cipollone, uh, White House counsel, testified uh, for something like seven hours last Friday. Apparently, some of his testimony will be part of what's going to be coming out today. Uh, the New York Times did a piece yesterday saying that uh, that Bannon uh no matter what happens uh with his testimony if if and when he he actually does manage to testify before the committee he is still going uh the the word is out that that trial his trial is still going to take place he is still absolutely convictable and probably will be convicted for basically ignoring a subpoena of the Congress for his his sudden conversion and decision that he's going to, I want to testify, let me testify. Oh, by the way, Donald said it's okay. Donald is waiving executive privilege. That doesn't even exist. But Donald has sent me a letter and has said, I'm allowed to testify now. What bullshit Congratulations Steve Donald has finally given you and cleared the way now now, now you can finally you can go into court and 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 say uh, you know the I, I I wasn't allowed to do this before, but Donald finally said it was okay. And gee, you know, I mean, and of course I could never have done this. I could I would never have taken the time to notice the fact that the Supreme Court ruled on whether or not Donald had any privilege or there were any privileges involved with a whole assortment of people. I wasn't covered by them. I know damn well I wasn't. <clears throat> I've been hiding and ducking and weaving and getting away with it. I've been getting away with so much, says Steve, like so many people have. It just winds up, if you stick close enough to Donald, nothing ever sticks. I mean, you, you can get away with anything forever. And, and, and this, is another, this is another thing. that's Again, this, this is all happening sort of on the edges. And I don't know how many, how many Republicans are really paying attention to what's happening here with Steve Bannon. But here's a guy... Who has basically thumbed his nose like a Roger Stone, like a Paul Manafort, like a like a Michael Flynn, thumbing his nose at every element of, 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 of uh, legislative and executive and, and judicial power because I've got, I'm around Donald. Donald can't be touched, therefore I won't be touched. And suddenly he's being touched. Suddenly, no matter what he does with testimony, whether he shows up or not, his failure to show up when he was supposed to, the resulting indictment against him, and the trial resulting from that, none of that is changing, according to the Justice Department. The trial goes on. He will be found guilty. There's no way around it. And he will be convicted, and he will have to do this. some serious jail time here. Believe it or not, you wouldn't think it the way Meadows and others have performed, the way they think they can, with the impunity that they have exercised. But the fact that a Bannon is about to get slapped down, the only thing he can do, I think, the way this is playing out, is basically run and give every bit of testimony he can now now there's a question of whether he'll be honest, whether he'll try to obfuscate, whether he'll take the fifth, whatever he might try to do. But the only way he can leverage and maybe bargain away some of his jail time for the conviction that invariably is going to come based on his failure to respond to a valid subpoena of the United States Congress— The criminal case brought against him via the Justice Department, via the federal courts, as a result of that. Not being brought against Mark Meadows, oh no, 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 no. But being brought against Steve Bannon. And it's very interesting when this is happening as well, isn't it? Cipollone has just testified, Bannon is about to go to trial, he'll be convicted. And he has suddenly found religion and decided that he wants to testify. And meanwhile, the committee today, with its seventh hearing, is going to, uh, and they, they, they always, really, they telegraph very, very effectively what's coming up. The committee is going to reestablish and, and put the connection between the White House and the terrorist groups, the, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and all these other wackaburries. Well, wackaburries. I, I, I suppose they are until, you know, and, and I've got to be careful with that because that almost undermines the danger that they represent to the country and what could have happened on January 6th and what Trump is still pushing for right now, and what he would do all over again in a 2024 election that he lost, and what would happen again, or what he would attempt, all of that is still being played out and put in place, and there's so much information that Fox and its resistance to to portraying or, or putting this stuff out in real time notwithstanding, the sheer force and quality and professionalism, and logic, and and, and exquisite production of the information being put out by the January 6th committee, And, and and the continuous flow of this, has bled over the otherwise absolutely insurmountable divide that keeps Republicans in their own little private world of, of social media and what and what you know, and 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 their Tucker Carlson world, and whatever out there, and one America news, and and whatever the hell insanity that they that they use to basically maintain this constant sense of affiliation, based on nothing more than basically the cult of Donald Trump and the security that gives them that they don't really have to look at reality or. The desire to not have to deal with reality this 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 alternate literally alternative reality that is supplied to Republicans by media, by social media, and regular media, so that you don't have to think, but thinking is invariable. thinking is unavoidable when the reality around you is now impinging it's 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 piercing. This, this, uh, this armor that keeps you insulated and isolated in your own little world. Republicans know what's going on with the January 6th committee. You have no choice but to know. You are hearing it from one source or another. And we know that it's creeping through in the polling. We know that. So I, 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 I just really want to I want to leave it at this, and this is this is kind of a, a relatively uh, uh, a truncated version of center left radio. We normally go a bit more. I and I I, I want to do um, I want to do some some more preparation. I want to do a little more reading before the um, before the hearing happens today. I'm I'm getting extremely interested in what I'm seeing. And I said at the beginning of the show, this there, there there's reason for hope here. I think so much of what um, what we've been talking about here on the show for the last several weeks and months now has been uh, sort of an echo of the general malaise and sense of despair uh, that you sense in the rest of the country over the. Utter and complete and absolute divide that has been uh, almost made now formal, that's been formalized with the subtraction of women's rights, a 50-year right to an abortion, with the uh with the elimination of Roe v. Wade, the 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 absolute uh, re recodification of red and blue, the the the, it, almost uh, the, the need to begin thinking in terms of an underground rail war, r- railway, as it were, to get women the right to have an abortion. This, this, they're crazy, they're nuts, they're, they're insane, everything, th- th- they're primitive, this whole notion of what red states are about. Thank you, Supreme Court, for putting that in our heads again, but that's out there right now that insanity, that sense of, my God, we, we are literally, uh, it's as though the court and everything else is pushing to formalize this absolute bifurcation of the country. But as it winds up, it's not quite happening that way. That no matter what any red state may be doing, whatever its legislature may be doing within that state, The insanity of trying to say that you're free to own an AR-15 if you're 18 years old, but you're not free to control what's happening to your own body. That insanity the 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 sheer nuttiness of that position based on the insanity of all the killings going on based on the the wackadoodle way in which the supreme court has violated its own tenets concerning stare decisis the way a, a, the way a Clarence Thomas has with impunity basically uh, laughed at the internal rules of the court regarding those cases from which He should be recused or be self-recused in terms of anything that has to do with uh, 9-11. The fact that his wife is among those denying and and, and refusing, I I guess right now it's been a request, it's not quite a subpoena yet. That's going to be interesting. Let Ginny Thomas be subpoenaed. You know, she was in direct contact with everybody with the January 6th uh, 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 insurrection, basically was supporting it, was going back and forth. Maybe, wouldn't it be fun to basically have her, uh, uh, if you want to have a wild thought, uh, she uh, (laughs) she gets indicted for refusing a congressional subpoena to appear before the committee, and the case works itself up to the Supreme Court, and Clarence Thomas refuses to recuse himself from his wife's case. It could get that crazy, and it could basically shine this ugly, ugly, ugly light on the court and everything ugly that it's become and all the terrible things, especially the fact that next term they could very well solidify the uh, ability of states to completely overrule court Court hearings and court decisions concerning the activities of elections, and reduce everything down to a political group uh, or a political election or a state legislature, and make them the last word about what a state's elections are all about. Make it a completely, totally, absolutely partisan decision about what an election is and make every state that much more different. Do everything in their power. The court can do everything in its power. To to just keep breaking apart anything that the federal government can do to generalize, to, to commonize our lives in a period where we are just the very nature of society has forced us to be so much more structured and so much more common in the way we do things. And the court is going in the exact opposite direction. And basically pretending that there are things that are compelling it to go that way—that we've lost so many rights. No, you've lost your mind, Court. That's what you've done. You've lost your soul. You've lost the right to basically be called a Supreme Court. And 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 Joe Biden, I I think I think, uh, I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I'll, I'll just throw this out there. He has it within his power to declare what the uh, red states are doing in terms of, of cutting out emergency, uh, cutting out the right to abortion, he can call this a health emergency and put out a presidential decree proclaiming that abortion, at least, well, I mean, certain, certainly the, the, the distribution of the, of the morning after pills, and he could declare abortion itself. Access to abortion itself, necessary, as a result of uh, as a result of an emergency, an emergency to the health of women, based on his hearing of it, and let that go to the court, and let the court attempt to knock that down, and see where that takes us going forward. In other words, abortion will be available to all women. Anywhere in the country, based on a health emergency, I, as president of the United States, can make that decision and can make an executive order, sign an executive order to that effect. Will he do it? I, I, I think he can. And I think, I think, uh, <laughs> Joe, his, his natural instincts are to basically hold back... And hold back, and he could do the same thing with uh, with uh, guns. Health call a health emergency, declare AR-15s illegal. There's all sorts of things he can do. There's still a fear. There's a fear of the NRA. There's a fear of the lobbyists. There's a fear of of some kind of backlash at all sorts of levels. But there's a lot that Joe Biden can do that he's not doing. That accounts for that 32% right now. There's a, there's a hesitancy. Yeah, anything that he would or wouldn't do makes him a billion times better choice than anything that the Republicans could put up there, Trump, uh, DeSantis, or anyone else. But there's a lot more he can do. And I think the reaction would be exceptionally positive across the country, combining both the results of what's coming out of the January 6th committee today and several more hearings after this, I think there's one or two more that are scheduled right now, and and what Joe Biden can do with executive orders if he really, really wants to. I got a feeling, I got a feeling, based on what I'm hearing and seeing, that the Republicans better not take any great comfort. They better not make any, any major assumptions. They better not start, you know, purchasing real estate under the assumption that they are going to take over everything in November, short of the presidency, of course. Can make no assumptions about what Donald's status will be either in, uh, in, in Georgia— where he is, I think, probably closer to being indicted than he is even right now uh, under the Justice Department here. And the information coming, well, specifically in Georgia, it would be for attempting to basically, well, for openly, everybody heard it. Anyone else would have been indicted by now for the telephone call to Brad Raffensperger, telling him to find 11000 uh, 370 votes, whatever the number was over there, which was one more than he needed, basically, to overturn the valid election. Anyone else would have been indicted by now. Oh, geez, you know, what's the precedent? What's the precedent? And as Americans wrestle what the, with what the real precedent is here, the real precedent is not, is not uh, whether or not we would indict a former president. The real precedent would be if we would let someone who is so blatantly and, and oh, completely and, and, and by the facts so absolutely guilty of the crimes as charged, whether we would let that person, whatever their former status was, whether we would let that person go free and still be able to say we have a system of justice. When Donald is indicted, finally there is going to be an amazing sigh of relief. Of course, when he's convicted, it'll be, it'll, it'll be weird. But the, the sigh of relief will be that everything that has been shown to us by the January 6th committee, finally has played out in a justice way, has played out as it should, that the, that, it's rea- that, that reality has consequences, that actions have consequences. And it's going to be, <laughs> there, there, there will be a burden, a, a weight lifted off the back of this country, and I don't care what side you're on. It'll be, well, you know, this is what happened. Ah, they should never have done it. He he shouldn't be. He'll find a way. But still, still, actions will be proven to have consequences. It won't all be done just just flailing about. Great information, wonderful presentation, incredible background work. One of the best-conducted committees in the history of Washington in the modern era. What the not, what the January 6 committee is and has produced, and how they've produced it, and how they've shown it, and how logically and how comprehensible it is. And if nothing happens, it says everything in America has been reduced down to a social media or a media show. Nothing matters. Reality reality is no more than what flicks on your TV at one moment. You can change the channel. You can change the reality. Nothing matters. There is no country. We are only an image on our television screens. That's all we are. We are an image on our cell phones. That's America. And America keeps going away every time you turn it off to something else. And our lives are completely divorced from the fact that we are structured as a country with rules and laws. There is no connection between us and the political not the, the the structural the constitutional reality of America. With Donald being indicted There is a reaffirmation, there will be a reaffirmation that we are a nation of laws, that there is a constitutional structure, and that there are consequences for actions like we all know because we live with them day in and day out. But what happens is if you don't, well, then people are encouraged not to act as though they are concerned about consequences. Certainly Donald doesn't seem to be. You you learn to be just on the edge, or if you're not subtle enough, you just, you know, use your gun a lot more. That seems to work pretty well, too. And maybe, you know, doesn't have quite as good uh, a series of results. You'll find yourself in jail or dead, but you're encouraged to be that much more irresponsible in the way you behave and perform. I mean, it's bad enough with COVID. It's ba- we, there, there are psychological and other consequences that have to be factored in here. And we're not even going anywhere near that in in determining what the lawlessness thing is and with the guns that you. We, we could go on, you can go on forever. But but you need something to we need something that can ground us all as rapidly as possible. I see that as Donald's indictment, be it be it uh, directly via the uh, via the Justice Department, based on the information received uh, through the January 6th committee, or certainly the stuff it's developed itself, or the indictment that would come down from the state of Georgia for election tampering anything to to just basically show that actions have consequences and basically to indict a person were he, anyone but Donald Trump, would have been indicted, probably would be in jail. And as I've said on several times on this show, if we were in many other countries or most other countries of the world, Donald's equivalent would have either been in jail by now or would have gone before a firing squad or the equivalent thereof. We've got to show we are a nation of laws. We have to have compassion, but compassion is not ignorance. Compassion is not foolishness. Compassion is not looking away and turning away and saying, who the hell cares? That's not what compassion is. That's not what we want to project here. You can't do that. You just can't. There's no looking away from what Donald did and what his associates did. In the Nixon era, you know, Haldeman, Ehrlichman, the whole gang of them, they all wound up and did jail time. John Dean. And that was for a fraction of what Donald basically did and continues to do day by day to the country. No, make no assumptions about the November election. Make no, 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 there, there may be a division in the country, it may be divided on paper, it may, the, the red and the blue and the ugly and, and the primitives and the, and, and the logical and, and the sane, you know, team, team sane and team crazy in the, in the White House back in those days, uh, that may all work to a certain extent on paper. But make no assumption about what it means in the real world right now. There, there's, there's, you know, (laughs) this is why they play the games. I say this every Friday with with uh, with David Bach, my co-host on Fridays. You know, you you know, we we think from the statistics and we think from everything we see and we read that that you know, well, we this is where it's going. We understand exactly what this is all about. No, no. We, these things have to play out. And it's, it's a volatile time, and and no one can, can tell you exactly how things are going to go, where the current set of circumstances on any given day, at any given moment, this incredibly fungible, uh, transient sort of picture that we live in, this this frame-by-frame frame existence that we've been thrown into, and all with a constant sense of, of anxiety and gnawing in our guts. No one can tell you precisely how it's going to play out, but you cannot, you cannot reasonably conclude that the bad guys are going to win this one. And the Republicans are the bad guys, and they know they're the bad guys. They know it. I don't think there's a Republican out there that doesn't understand they're in the wrong place and that all they're trying to do is tread water and, and, and play for time and try to get control and try to find some way not to have to pay for their sins. They all know what's going on. There's a purely defensive posture that has been injected into Republican life and Republican politics. What we need is for accountability to be injected into that process. And don't assume for a moment that it won't be. Stay tuned. Keep watching. See the hearings today. I I See the hearings. That sounds interesting. Watch the hearings if you can. I will. We are approaching... We are approaching... The indictment of Donald. Um, it's going to be a fascinating. Well, fasten your seatbelts. We're we're in for a bumpy ride. Isn't that isn't that how? Uh, <laughs> wasn't that her quote, <laughs> Betty Davis? Oh, we live in interesting times. They demand a little jazz. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We've been working under the supposition that the bad guys will probably win this one. No matter how much we produce, no matter how much information comes out there about January 6th, it's going to go for naught. Don't make that assumption. And I'm also saying assume nothing about the results of this coming November and make no assumption, especially about whether or not Donald will be indicted, because
1: when he is, it will change everything.